Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's movies are Flash Gordon and Star Crash. Two disasters of space. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Guys in that group have to listen to our show. Because we do episodes and they pop up there like the next day. With people going, oh, I just happened to catch these. Well, it is, there is some crossover there with they cover the same type of stuff we do, and it's a much larger group of people, so... Yeah. Yeah, I know. They should all come and like our page. Yeah. Yeah, they should. We should you hear that? You motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say we should do something else to promote our podcast and try to get people listening to it, and then Noah's response was to call the potential listeners motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> yeah, seems about right. Yeah. I will come to your house and I will kick your dog. Kick him. Like a page. On the one hand, I feel that's a bit of an empty threat because I think we all know that Noah's not going house to house like Jay and Silent Bob beating the shit out of potential listeners' dogs. But True. Hand, also, I couldn't hurt a dog if I wanted to. I would cry. I would cry if I accidentally talk at all. <laughs> oh, that's that sounds awesome. I love the idea that some guy refuses to. What, what, what was the threat? What they, were they supposed to do to avoid getting their dog kicked? <laughs> was it like our Facebook page? I, I think so. That's just, all right. But but yeah. if, really, if they got the threat, they're already listening. So <laughs> yeah. threat's not very. I just bad. I just like the idea that you find out somebody didn't like the page. You show up at their house, you kick their dog, and now there's a whole new Facebook page dedicated to pictures of you crying after you kicked a dog. Just <laughs> Why did you make me do that? Their kids are over playing with the dog because you didn't kick it that hard anyway. <laughs> All right. and, uh, I, I cut one of Margo's toenails once a little too far, and she started bleeding. Mm-hmm. I was depressed for like a week after that. Right. <sighs> Have a dog sucks, Noah, or Doug, don't ever buy one. All right. You it's got a like, kid, though. I'm sure that's worse. It's, like, so good most of the time. And and then whenever it's not good, you're like, God damn it. Why do I have this dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you think about not having the dog, and you start crying again. Right. Exactly. It's it's like a trap. It's just spending <sighs> your nights sitting around crying. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Most of my teenage years, but Noah's girlfriend just looks at him. She's like, "I can't believe I let you touch me." <laughs> so we gonna should we, should we, you know, say anything cheerful at all? 
to get things kicked off here. Happy New Year! I went and got a beer right before we started specifically because I knew I'd have to put up with you doing that. And like, <laughs> I either got to go get some Advil or some beer, and the Advil's got a flight of stairs between me and it, and the beer doesn't, so I'm getting a beer. <laughs> Oh. I will do my best not to scream DIVE too many times either. <laughs> oh, good lord. Well, I guess since Doug wants to talk about the fucking movies we're here to talk about. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> this is not my week to pick movies. <laughs> no, this is Noah's week to pick movies. Um... I don't know. I guess let's talk about it first. <laughs> Jesus. Brian sounds like he could just blow his brains out at any second. Uh, today's been a fucking horrible day. <laughs> definitely post a link to that podcast everywhere if you do that on Mike. I know. I, I feel I feel bad for you, but man, you're bringing it down. You're bringing it down. <laughs> well, it'll pick back up when I get into what I've been watching, I guess. All right. But Jesus Christ, today is one of those days where you just click on something and you know it's not going to work. Whole fucking day has been that way. Fuck off. Um, so yeah, first up from Noah's pick, I don't remember what year. It's like, is it 1980? Depends which movie you're talking about. One of them was from 1980 and one isn't. Uh, we're specifically going to be talking about Star Crash. Okay, it's, I think that's 78. Okay. So 1978, um, eventually someone saw Star Wars and was like, oh, we can rip that off. Actually, then, uh, you are so close to correct, but incorrect. We'll get to that at the end. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. A group of, uh, group of space, space people uh, are fighting against the Galactic Overlord, played by Joe Spinell. And, uh, yeah, there's wars and fighting, and uh, Christopher Plummer shows up for no reason. Wars, wars that happen to be in the stars. Yeah. Uh, they end up running into a, a prince who was Christopher Plummer's son, who was played by David Hasselhoff, who wears a mask through half this movie because he had food poisoning and couldn't be on set all day. Um, there's lightsabers. Yeah, there's literally lightsabers in this movie. There is the main mission they're on is to go destroy a giant like planet destroy destroying weapon. So they have to mm -hmm. go destroy that before it destroys the planets. Um, is a yep. cowboy robot? Oh fuck! <laughs> there's actually a scene where the robot gets destroyed and they got to get it all put back together. It, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's. Lots of special effects in space. Lots of uh, Harryhausen-esque effects. Yes, it, a couple it, a couple weird robots that are very much Harryhausen. Yeah, there's a reason for that too. All right. There's uh, there's quite a bit of uh, the miniature work that they obviously saw in Star Wars, and we're like, we could pull that off, and, and they can't. But yeah. you know, they couldn't they get William Cat, so they got a guy that looked just like him at that time. Yeah. Yeah. The, the movie literally opens with like the big spaceship flying over the camera, <laughs> following along. Like they're not even they're not even really subtle about 
Was there an opening crawl, or did I insert that with my own imagination? No opening crawl. Okay. Oh, we we lost Noah. Ah, God damn it! Fuck. There was a there was a chuckle, <laughs> and then there's silence, and then there's another <laughs> chuckle, and yeah. So I we know the, you're very pleased with what you said. We just don't know what it was. <laughs> no, I said the guy with uh, powers looks suspiciously like Mark from Mark and Mindy. His suit. Yeah, you're not wrong. I thought the one guy looked like maybe he was ripped off from Martian Manhunter. The mm-hmm. character's name was Thor. So I didn't know if they were trying to rip off Marvel and DC simultaneously at that point. <laughs> Steal everything! <sighs> There was so, a, there was definitely a shot ripped off from Planet of the Apes too, which I thought was nice that they went that far back to rip stuff off because most of the <laughs> stuff they're ripping off from such recent properties. I, I was going to say, so the interesting thing about this being a Star Wars ripoff is, um, it is in fact a Star Wars ripoff, but it's not a Star Wars ripoff made by someone who saw Star Wars and wanted to make it. Somebody told him to make a Star Wars knockoff, and he had only ever read the novelization of the books. <laughs> Which is why you get almost Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That seems fair. Somebody obviously discussed shots with him as well, though. Oh, they had some of them. Yeah, like the shots of where the guys are in the snow are just like complete recreations of the shots of Tatooine, except snow instead of sand, and those two things look the same from that distance. <laughs> like it's, it's really you know what I mean. And like the opening shot I already referenced of that ship coming in, that can't be a coincidence, right? Oh no, I'm I'm sure they had him add some more direct Star Warsy stuff. Yeah. Uh, he also wanted to make, he was a huge Harryhausen fan, and he basically, his idea for this movie was basically making Sinbad in space. Okay. Which, I mean, if you it's think a, of it that way, it's actually closer to a Sinbad ripoff than a Star Wars ripoff. Yeah. Anyways, so Doug, this was movie. This, was this the first time watch for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Oh, uh, not much. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. This there, is, has to bring you joy. It is so delightfully weird. No, it, it, it brought me no joy. It was just one of those things where it's like, it, was, it couldn't even hold my attention because it was the dialogue was so bad that I was like, I think my brain was instinctively trying not to listen to it. And the effects just are utterly terrible on every level. And it's like, this is a 1978 movie and these effects would have been bad in 1955. I mean, if, if you can colorize your film, you should be able to do better special effects than this. The costuming was particularly annoying because costumes aren't that expensive. You could make decent costumes if you wanted to, and they clearly just didn't want to or care to. Um, you know, I understand that sometimes movies borrow ideas from other movies and try to recreate something popular for the purposes of making a profit. Like that, I don't even blame studios for doing that or filmmakers because, hey, you got to make your money somehow, and that's how you find out what's popular is what made money last year. 
but this is like asylum level crap of just this is like asylum before asylum of just, uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna slap together some nonsense make enough references to something else that hopefully will trick people into watching this who like the other thing <sighs> just no excuse for this no it is it is literally it is literally like the the asylum of 1978 no stop it it is every line of of dialogue is atrocious that is that is every shot feels like they're just trying to make you think of star wars so that hopefully you'll have some like leftover joy in your brain from a previous movie and just have it apply to this one. Um, I hope everybody who ever paid to see this in theaters got up and walked out and got their money back. I, I, it's upsetting to me that this exists. Shame. Shame. So Noah, why don't you tell Doug why he should like it? Because it's fucking... This movie's so fucking awesome. It's so... It's so delightfully fucking just wrong if that makes sense in every way uh but at the same time like one of the miniature work and stuff but compared to other movies that were being made at the exact same time while it's not up to snuff with the ones that were doing it right it was leagues ahead of the ones that were doing it wrong. That means but like it's like I said, it's just fun. I like the way they tweak everything just enough to like not get sued. Like they're like, hmm, in Star Wars the robot is very effeminate, so we're gonna make ours a butch cowboy. <laughs> I don't think they tweaked it enough not to get sued. I think they didn't get sued because George Lucas didn't want to sit through this whole thing in order to have to file a lawsuit and explain all the different ways he was ripped off. But I don't know. Comparing comparing it to an asylum movie is just un uncalled for. It's, but it's very apt. So, no. bad tug. <laughs> asylum is the highest of the insults, and in this movie is delightfully good, bad, and does not deserve that kind of treatment. I would say calling something the asylum is pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. I that know. Is the of the blows. Keep in mind here, I'm not. I didn't call it the asylum, and now I'm like, oh, you guys are really offended by that. Maybe I should rethink it. I knew you. I knew it was offensive when I said it. <laughs> I was oh. trying to be offensive towards this movie. I'm trying to give our listeners a fair idea of what they will get if they watch this, because this is one of the ones that is available for free in a lot of places, so I could envision some of our listeners hearing us talk about it, and if we weren't mean enough to it, they might have the impression that maybe they should watch it. I don't want they them should. to have that impression. They should, they should watch it. No, they should not. Watch, watch this movie. How about a compromise? You should watch the Mystery Science Theater version of it. I don't even. You should, you should also watch that because it's also delightful. I don't even know if I'd recommend that. Ouch. You you both have the after Christmas grumpies. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this movie before Christmas. <laughs> That's oh, what Doug had shot Christmas. down. <laughs> I enjoyed my Christmas because I wasn't watching this movie. Uh, madness. Uh, you were also talking about the costuming. So, funny story. The, uh, the half-naked super bikini that the girl's wearing at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, She was actually supposed to wear that weird bikini through the whole movie. 
And while they were shooting, they were like, hey, that's far too sexy. You need to unsexy this a little bit. And so they were like, okay. And they put her in that weird see-through rain slicker over it for the second half of the movie. And somehow they were like, all right, that's good enough. There are scenes where the costumes change in scene. Like there's continuity errors on film in this, the way you would see in like a student movie where a student is like, I just don't have the budget to go back and correct that. And some of them are costume related. Like the person's costume changes as they're like, what? Like you cut away from them, cut back, they're wearing a different version of the costume. Cut away again, cut back, and they're back to the first costume. This is supposed to be a movie. That kind of shit can't happen in a movie. But but it does. <sighs> you might as well be able to see the fucking boom mic. That's the level of quality you're talking about in this film. <laughs> I mean, they had Harryhausen-esque stop-motion robot dudes. That is that is fine artistry. They're Harryhausen-esque in the sense that they were mimicking Harryhausen, not that they're at the quality of Harryhausen. Well, I would give you that. But... <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of what would happen if, like, remember Robot Holocaust? So if somebody gave those assholes... You mean money, Hallway of Toothy Penises. Yeah, if somebody gave those assholes money to make a movie, this is what they would come up with. Hmm. That's how bad this I is. that whole thing gets it dropped out. <laughs> you should be mad at me if you heard what I said. <laughs> That's a good point. So I'm going to pretend you said something nice. Not a chance. You know me better than that. Uh, You're going to anger anger the Hoff, and he's going to come for us. <laughs> well, I'd like I, to say he's not pathetic enough to listen to our show, but he most certainly is. He could be laying on a floor eating a cheeseburger listening to this. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think he does that every day. I think they filmed that because it was an unusual event. I don't know. <laughs> it is hard to say. Uh, I will say I think I'm probably in between you guys. I don't love it to death like Noah seems to. Um He uh I don't hate it like Doug does. I think it's just okay. And if you have some drinks with some friends, you can uh, have a good time. Acceptable answer. <laughs> I don't know. It's, that would take a lot of drinks. Or like maybe you're just having drinks with your friends and the movie's on, but you're not watching it. That would probably be enjoyable. <sighs> I think my argument would be if you like bad movies, this is a fun, bad movie to watch. <laughs> Well, yes, that is tends to be the divide between us, Noah, is that I want movies to be good, and you don't seem to want that from movies. <laughs> the goodness of the movie is completely irrelevant to how entertaining it is. I, I disagree with that statement. And the biggest mm. thing is, like, in all honesty, though, what's frustrating about a movie like this for me is that there are lots of movies from this era that are essentially Star Wars ripoffs or Star Wars is ripping them off kind of preemptively, which we'll talk about next. But it's like, there are so many out there. So why would anyone want to watch one that's bad when there are ones that are good or okay or tolerable when, you know, there's the, it's such a large scale of movies out there. Don't, don't settle for this one. He lies. <laughs> Do not listen to the pretender. It's like a, the robot is a the robot is a cowboy for no reason. There's no explanation given. It's like that's no, not. No, I explained it perfectly earlier. <laughs> right? It's because he can't be an effeminate gold robot 
So he's a clearly butch cowboy, dark colored robot. <laughs> they totally do like they do rip off several moments from Star Wars. They'll start quoting off stats as to like when they're heading into like a situation. Like, what are the odds that we'll make it through this? And somebody has to give the stats, and it's like you might as well let the robot do that. We all know what you're doing here. Like, See, if you watch the Mr. Science Theater one, they uh, throw in some uh, getter duns at the uh, robot every now and again. Oh, all right. Which is entertaining. I, I do like the fact that they're not Jedi. The Jedi superpowers is the power of plot resolution. <laughs> he can just, he can do whatever the thing is that needs to be done at that moment to move the story along. Yeah. And I could forgive the movie that if it were just like a low budget movie that didn't have time to come up with a better script. But when you're ripping off Jedi, just give them the same powers as the Jedi. And uh, also in the Mystery Science Theater version, they made fun of the William Cat guy because he always says he knows he knew something like right after they reveal it. So they like revealed something, and he's like, "Yeah, I knew that." Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I couldn't tell you though because if you knew about the future, you could mess things up. Yeah, especially when they reveal that Hasselhoff is the prince or whatever. He's like, oh yeah, I knew that. And then the Science Theater guys is like, I knew it would hurt you and I purposely didn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's in the uh, the return, right? That was on last season. Yeah. yeah. I literally at this point am realizing that I don't know who David Hasselhoff played in this movie because I had lost interest by that point to the extent of like I know in theory he showed up later in the movie I don't remember which guy he was. He's the prince. Yeah, I didn't say I wanted to know. I young David Hasselhoff looks nothing like David. I'm not exactly sure how that's possible. Well, he can't look that different than he did in the 80s. I remember him from the 80s. Yeah, he looked like he Michael like, Knight. Yeah, he just Imagine. looks like some random young guy, and then all of a sudden, like Knight Rider comes out, and he's got the and forever you can recognize him after that. Hmm. Yeah. Take your word for it, because I'm not going back to rewatch this movie. So, <clears throat> or Knight Rider, don't do that. No, I think that would end up making me sad. It would, because I've I've perused a few episodes when they were pop up in syndication like ah oh, i used to love night rider i'd watch an episode of like well that was a hunk of garbage i went back and revisited some a-team once and i was like oh, oh. should have done that either macgyver holds up better than you think it will well not good but better than you think it will <laughs> the incredible hulk also holds up good show uh i'm doubting that no it's awesome holds up for noah but doesn't hold up no, for a normie <laughs> Here's here's the thing. A lot of a lot of these shows, the problem is, is you remember them being better than they are. The Incredible yes. Hulk is exactly the show that you remember it being. Well, because the Incredible Hulk was the template show, right? Everybody else was copying that. Yeah. The, you know, weirdo with a weird power wandering through society, just showing up in small towns and saving the day. That was, you know, Incredible Hulk was. I don't know if it was the first, but it was the one that popularized that mechanism. Mm -hmm. and everything else is also that. Yep. A team's that. Night Riders that. The littlest hobo is that. Littlest hobo is that. Man. Uh, weirdly enough, Street Hawk was not that. 
there was the the alternative when things got flipped around on their heads, which was when like the Dukes of Hazard came along and was like, what if the main characters stay still and a bunch of weirdos come to town every week and our main characters have to save the day? They're like, that's gold. It's just, and somehow they cause just tens of thousands of dollars in damage to public property, and the cops never bothered to just arrest them. Because they drive across the county line every time yeah. they're about to arrest them. Yeah. They, drive a, they drive a fast car so the police can't catch them. That's how that works. I don't know if you guys well, know, well, I know that. But, but what I'm saying is you, they come back across that line. Like get, Getting across the line does not erase the crimes that they committed. They can't just be in town the next day. No, but every day the cops chase them, and every day they make it across the county line again. It's just a vicious cycle. If they ever did get caught, the list of crimes they'd be tried for would be so huge. <laughs> you death. <laughs> Sir, it's nothing but misdemeanors. Doesn't matter. There's a million. A million misdemeanors equals death. So, so many misdemeanors. <laughs> They did get, if I remember correctly, Dukes Hazard got arrested once in the other county, and it was way worse. So that's why they kept coming back. <laughs> you ever played the Dukes Hazard video game? I don't believe I ever did. Oh, it was fantastic. Because the plots were of the game for, yeah, it was the original PlayStation game. The plots were about, for each like section or whatever, were about the same as uh, the TV show. Okay. So, because mainly it's just you have to drive somewhere. So you're in the general league. You got to drive somewhere, stop someone from doing something. Uh, but it'd be something like, oh, they're they're pulling up to the uh, they're pulling up to the house or whatever, and some evil person just stole something from Uncle Jesse, and they're like, oh, we'll get we'll get it right back. And Jesse's like, well, hold on there, boys. We got to get to the payment to the bank, otherwise we're going to lose the farm. <laughs> so, so then you got to drive into town. Familiar. Yeah, so you got to drive into town, drop the payment off at the bank. Ooh, stuff. That's hilarious. The, I, the only thing I remember from playing it is if you were being chased by the cops, the whole thing was you had to hit one of those ramps so that the cop car would wreck and you could yeah. get away. Oh yeah, there's yeah. some of those just randomly planted around. That's how that worked. My favorite Dukes of Hazard fact is that a few years ago I was in a casino. Room in that town, I probably would have made leaving ramps around illegal. <laughs> what are you saying, Doug? I was just going to say I was in a casino a couple of years ago, and there's a big sign up because the Tom Wopat and uh, what's his name, the other guy, were both touring musically. John Schneider. John Schneider. So they were doing like a tour together, where they <laughs> like they were rotating who was the opening act and who was the headliner. Oh. And I just assumed that the crowd every night was just Dukes of Hazzard fans who showed up to hear what they had to say. I don't imagine either of them has a particularly large musical following. The crowd just randomly shouts out, play the Dukes of Hazzard theme. <laughs> Everyone's each, one of them, each one of them is like, well, but I don't, I, I don't really sing that. And they're like, do it. <laughs> like, Damn it. I just assume that like there's a car parked on each side, and whenever one of them has to come out, they have to slide across the hood. <laughs> Say something that's suggestively racist, and then claim it's not racist. Do a do an incest joke about how you want to sleep with your cousin. That'd be great. That would really help this. 
There was a lot more incest jokes in that show than people remember. Yeah. And I'm not sure all of them were jokes. I think some of them were just plot points. Only boys. So in conclusion, watch Star Crash or don't. No, don't. There's no real. No, it's not up to you. Don't do it. If you watch Watch it, it, these these streaming services will keep it around if you watch it, and then it'll be subjected on other people. So you owe it to society not to watch this movie. (laughs) Doug lies. Watch the movie. <sighs> Streaming right. now on Amazon Prime. Well, Noah, uh, since I know you want to sing the theme song so bad, why don't you tell us about Flash Gordon? Uh, Flash Gordon, based off of a pulp comic and a 1930s uh, movie serial, is awesome. It's about Flash Gordon, who <laughs> is a space traveling superhero esque character whose powers include being the quarterback of the New York Jets. The end. That's all of his powers. Uh, He is uh, attempting to defeat the evil Emperor Ming, who is a clearly a yellow panic racist caricature, uh, played by a white man, just just to make it a little worse. Just, just, just to really put that over the top, you know. Uh, and he is accompanied by the girl whose name I can't ever remember. Oh, her. And, and uh, Doctor Zarkov, who is their lost in space esque doctor guy, who's who's there to spout fucking nonsense science words. Uh, he manages to rally the troops. Uh, we have the weird. Swamp people who wear green, uh, and the Hawkmen, led by uh, Brian Blessed, one of the, one of the world's greatest treasures. I don't care what any of you have to say. Love that man. Uh, there's also an enslaved race of uh, black space Africans who they just they just leave them out. They don't include them in the war. Once once again, there's some weird undertones of racism in this movie that I think I, I may have forgotten about since the last time I watched it. I don't know. I just I just don't think those things were racist in the 80s and they are now. Like things like a guy wearing yellow face. It's like, well, they wanted him to look more Asian so they had to paint him yellow. I mean, everybody knows that, right? Like that was the attitude back when this movie was made and I think that that's right. rather unacceptable now. Probably one of the things that's changed for the better in our society. Right, and he's an evil Asian guy, so he needs a Fu Manchu mustache. Of course he does. So that he looks like Fu Manchu, also an evil Asian character. Didn't Christopher Lee play him once? Fu Manchu? I think Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. I know Nicolas Cage did in the Rob Zombie trailer. And that was amazing. I would watch that movie. Uh, Yeah, but this movie's awesome with, with subtle... (laughs) The <laughs> systematic racism side. <laughs> I, I mean, yes. I mean, like, and we we've had this discussion a lot of times in this podcast. You have to be able to look past stuff like that that is just of its time. Um, otherwise, you're never going to enjoy any movie that was made in a different era than the one where your sensibilities are suited. And the the, the funniest thing is, I don't even know if that actually applies to this movie because I think some people look at it and see it as this cheesy weird thing. 
But if you go back and watch the serials from the 30s that it's based off of, they're just, I mean, intentionally aping it. This movie's way more intentional than it appears to be. Oh, I definitely think, like, if, if you read up on this movie, you can read it that the producers were very interested in capturing the feel of the original material, um, including, like, the, the original comic strips. And so I think some of that plays through because stuff from the 30s seems really hokey in the 80s, right? Yeah. Now, I mean, there are other times where he uses his football skills to fight people and they literally, like, toss him a ball-shaped object so that he can run around knocking people over. <laughs> I think that can be reasonably described as cheesy. Well, he has to showcase his superpowers. His superpowers of being the New York Jets quarterback. Yes. It's like the, quarterback of the New York Jets. His quarterback isn't even known as the tough guy on a football team. His job is to throw the ball. Like that's what he's good at. Is the objective is for him to never hit anybody else. Yeah. I didn't watch it. God damn it, Brian. I tried to watch it. You can't rent it anywhere, which number one is bullshit. I, I, I it's weird that you can't rent it anywhere. I mean, it's not like it's an unknown film or something. I know. Yeah, it apparently has no rental streaming rights. I could have bought it for $9, but I'm not taking that chance. No. <laughs> Don't buy it for $9. Get the four-pack that I have. I looked at that on Amazon. It's selling for $18. You know what's funny? I got it for 5 Son of a bitch. I think it just went up because it's actually, I mean, it's it's Flash Gordon, The Last Starfighter, Dune, and uh, the original Battlestar Galactica movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fuck, that's a really good four-pack if you like old cheesy sci-fi stuff. Mm. Yeah. So Doug tried to be nice and sent me the file that he legally had from making a copy of the movie that he legally bought. But of course... Every time I clicked on it, it's like, nah, it's not going to play. It's not going to download. So the universe was just like, nah, not today. There. I was like, oh, full, full disclosure, I watched it while putting together my kids' Christmas gifts. So we'll see <laughs> the way I was going to get around to it. <laughs> Some of the nuances may have been missed on me, but overall, I think I got the feel for it when I was watching no. those. Hawkmen fly through the air. I'm like, oh, I see what they're doing here. I don't think I need to know every line of dialogue to follow through on this plot. Yeah, I mean, I saw it when I was younger, and I remember really enjoying it. But, I mean, you know, I was like 10 when I saw it, so... Uh, so I have no idea now, but... the I, I find one of the interesting things is is for the fact that this it kind of gets lampooned now and then as a bad movie in, in which I fuck that. It's, it's not a bad movie. It's a cheesy movie maybe, but it's not a bad movie. Um, for, for the fact that all these people say it's a bad movie, man, a lot of other movies rip shit off from it just over and over again. Oh yeah. I mean, even star Wars is taken from the same source material, basically. Um, that's why I kind of alluded earlier. Like, this is obviously probably got made because of Star Wars, but George Lucas originally just wanted to do a Flash Gordon film and couldn't, so he made Star Wars instead. So there's obvious references. Um, but I, I think this is a good movie overall. It's everything we can say negative about it, about cheesiness, and I think that's all intentional. It's their way of trying to make a comic book come to life on the screen, right? right. 
uh, what's the uh, what's that god awful Will Smith movie that he was in with his son? Oh fuck! After Earth. After Earth. Thank you. The the whole uh, put your hand inside of the thing and see if it bites you. You know. Oh, I don't know. I didn't watch it. Yeah. I'm, I'm... I didn't and won't watch After Earth. So. <laughs> the, the log with the stinging creature inside of it is literally a plot point in After Earth. Or as uh, Will Smith calls it, After Earth. Indeed. Parents just don't understand. I don't. I can't comprehend the idea that somehow that guy was able to make a $100 million movie to make his kid happy. That's not how the world should work. Um, have M. Night Shyamalan direct it? Anyways. <laughs> no, getting back to Flash Gordon though, I think it's I think what this movie has going for it is that there's actually like a plot and a story and characters going on here mixed in with all the cheese and the, the kind of funny stuff like him using his football skills to fight and all that kind of stuff and his natural leadership skills that come because he's the quarterback and all that nonsense it's funny and also there's like a real story here I thought the, when the plot twist comes that it's the scientist's fault that all this is happening because Ming has been sending natural disasters to Earth for decades. And as long as Earth never picked up on the fact that someone was doing it on purpose, he was just going to let us be. But because this scientist figured out that this was all this was being done intentional, that's where he's like, oh, if they're smart enough to figure that out, then we better take them out. So we're going to throw them throw the moon at them? Is that the basic plot? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to uh, already Salvatore them and take them out like Chewbacca. Yeah. So, yeah, like that's, I think, pretty clever. Uh, I think I think both those, I think first of all, having the moon thrown at the Earth is a combination of funny and clever, but I thought the idea that, like, the scientist who figures it out and, you know, at first he's warning people and no one believes him, the idea that it's his fault that it's happening is kind of hilarious. Yeah. And you guys can feel free to respond to my comments. That's what could happen when I'm done talking. I don't know. I just, I just can't. I have more to say. <laughs> I would say that, you're probably right, Doug. I don't know. I, I thought one of the interesting thing is even even though the uh, so we can all admit that the costuming and stuff is intentionally cheesy and that kind of stuff, and uh, that most of the aliens don't look very alienish. Why what do I have a recollection of him dressing like Rowdy Roddy Piper? Kind of. Does he yeah. have like a white t-shirt and like a red kilt at some point? He didn't have a kilt, but he had the white t-shirt with like red writing on it. It's very similar yeah. to Rowdy Roddy's. And he had like that 80s wrestler hair that's like we don't quite want to grow it long, so it's sort of like a weird mullety thing. Oh my god. I completely forgot about this till right now. So I was at a comic book convention and I was standing like across the way and Virgil the wrestler and then the guy that played Flash Gordon had booze next to each other. Nice. And I don't know what happened, but they very much started talking very uh, enthusiastically at each other. And I was like, am I going to watch Flash Gordon just beat up Virgil in the middle of this convention? That'd be so cool. Like, there was lots of finger pointing, and it seems like they were very excited. And I'm like, they're going to fight. This is going to be great. And then I think some fans came up to one of their tables. Let's be real, probably Flash Gordon's table because nobody ever goes to Virgil's table. And then I think that just diffused it all. But I, I seriously almost saw Flash Gordon and Virgil get in a fist fight. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's great. <laughs> 
I stood there for a little bit longer, but then people kept coming up. So I was like, well, probably not going to happen now. I was hoping that story was going to end with one of them throwing a punch and both of their cocaine falling out of their pockets. <laughs> that probably would have happened. Just, oh, oh fuck, shit. <laughs> and this is before that Flash Gordon guy had Ted money, too. <laughs> yeah, Ted I, I happened to flip onto his IMDb for a while there, and it's like it's all like guest appearances on TV shows all the way through, and then all of a sudden he started like Ted, and you're like, oh, <laughs> that had to be such a godsend for him. And he's pretty funny in Ted; like he yeah. can pull it off. So I'm surprised he hasn't had some other like maybe not lead roles, but he is. And it's not like his performance in this movie's bad. No, he, he nails like the cheesy performance, which is actually really difficult to do. It tells me he could probably do more straightforward comedy if he chose to. Maybe he was concentrating on his football career throughout the 80s, and that's why he didn't do any do much more work. <laughs> He's like, this film accidentally built his confidence about being able to run through lines of people. Well, Ernie agrees. <laughs> <with that. laughs> Hold on. <sighs> Ernie doesn't appreciate what you're saying, Doug. Well, I... I was only kidding about the, <laughs> about the other thing, the football stuff. It's like you don't make fun of him. his football stuff. He was serious about that. Damn dog. Sorry about that. I don't know what his deal was. Yeah, he's a dog, so he barked. They do. They do that. I don't know. I've been led to believe they do it a lot, actually. Well, usually he doesn't stand in the back bedroom where I'm recording and bark. <laughs> nothing to bark at back here. It's one of the reasons why I record back here. It doesn't seem to be working very well. At least nothing you can see. Ooh, ghosts. Da, da, da. All right. <laughs> Let's get back to talking about the movie. <laughs> Shit went uh, weird there. Did we mention soundtrack by Queen? Fuck yeah. I'm surprised you haven't sung it yet. I'm trying not to. <laughs> once, once I really get started, I just I won't be able to stop the rest of the show. And then, like me. And Doug appreciates that. Yeah. Um, I will say, with regards to the soundtrack, it's like I think they wrote all original music, and I'm not sure why, because it's the most Queen music you could possibly hear. <laughs> so I don't know why they didn't just use their existing music. It's like they did not cover up the fact that Queen was doing the music at all. <laughs> Why would they try to cover that up? It's one of the best draws of the movie. I guess. But it was just entertaining to me how much of it was just like, here, look, this is Queen. They're going to do exactly what Queen knows how to do, and you're all already fans, presumably, so enjoy. (laughs) I find it interesting also that it's like Queen, arguably, what, top three rock groups as far as fame ever. Like, they're up there with the Beatles, probably. And they make a billion hit records and two of the most dope fucking theme songs <laughs> for movies ever. Because We Are Immortal is also fucking awesome from Highlander. Yeah. yeah. I'll agree with that. I'll have to go back and listen to that again before I can comment. But I will say their music suited this movie perfectly because Queen is a little bit inherently cheesy. And it's like, yeah, that suits what they're going for in this movie, ideally. 
I don't know that this movie could have been made at any other time other than right when it got made. It's like right at the tail end of the 70s before the 80s hit in full throttle. And it was just, it was okay for your action hero to be sort of weird and goofy. Didn't have to become like a big tough guy the way that they did in the 80s movies. The cheese was still just kind of acceptable because it was the time of disco and everything was cheesy, whether you wanted it to be or not. I think uh, I think it's almost uh, ripe for a uh, another film attempt now. It would have to be a very different movie now. It, it would. They'd either have to play it up slapstick comedy or go, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy style with it. Make it or, a budget space adventure. Or you just need somebody who's like a, a fucking boss at making genre movies. Like a, a, a Tarantino or a John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, I bet you we're going to see John Carpenter doing Flash Gordon anytime now. So, Oh my god, John Carpenter's Flash Gordon would be... <laughs> like, I would fucking lose my shit. <sighs> I could see it. I mean, I, I, I think it would be it would suit. I just don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> we should be oh, yeah. holding our breath for that. And ex- especially for his love of making his own soundtracks and stuff, because it would just be one of those projects where he's like, oh, I can just go fucking berserk and no one will tell me no. That's that's an interesting dream project. <laughs> Again, let's, I'd watch that movie. Yeah, let's let's all pray. And let's also all pray that if that does happen, that the, I'm not in public whenever I find out about that announcement, because I will probably literally shut my pants <laughs> Well, once again, Noah had to go and make it weird. Um, I thought the special effects in the movie were pretty good. <laughs> Better than Star Crash? It, yes. <laughs> Con- controversial <laughs> statement, I know. Uh, However, yes, I feel like pretty confident saying that. Yeah, I was going to say, like I said, judging judging the special effects in this movie are is kind of complicated because of what they were doing. Yeah, I think some of the things... They like, were intentionally making things look fake with the intention of them looking... You know what I mean? They wanted them to look fake. Yeah, like they were playing up the cheese intentionally. And so I think some things like the... Uh, specifically the, the flying hawkmen or whatever they were called was like, like... Those wings didn't really look real, but they looked perfect for this movie. Like they nailed it, and I think that it's just it's hard to describe like the idea that you don't want them to you don't want them to look as real as possible necessarily. You want them to look a little off so that people will be able to enjoy watching it. In the uh, Masters of the Universe esque rocket cycles, yeah. We'll have to see what happens when we get to that movie, but I think this movie actually pulls off some of the same stuff a little better. Probably, just about any movie pulls off Master of the Universe stuff better. Well, we'll have that debate when the time comes. Listen, <laughs> we can all bicker and argue, but we all know that first 15 minutes is so good. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, big recommend. Buy, buy it in that four-pack because the uh, the DVD it comes with actually has the uh, first part of the uh, 1938 serial on it that you can watch. That's pretty fun. Yes, I, mean, I do you want like to kind of stuff. Some of those. I wanted to watch some of those, and they're, some of them are right up there on YouTube just to be seen. Uh, 
if I had time, I would have gotten to those. I mean, it's it's a nineteen thirty eight serial, so it is exactly what you think it is. Bet you it's even more racist than this movie. No, it's pretty equal. Oh, really? Yeah. No, watching the watching that serial, it it is. Whenever you watch it, it changes your perception of this movie because of how well they recreated that serial. Like, just in the look of everything, like the, the way the sets are, even the telescope he's looking through at the beginning of the movie is, like, identical. Oh, really? Yeah. The one thing I think that we that would have to change now if they're remaking this movie is the level of sexual harassment that Flash sustains when he's basically kidnapped by the whatever princess or whatever the hell she is and she's just basically the whole time trying to force him into weird sexual encounters and I'm just like in the Me Too era even even a guy like Flash Gordon can't be treated that way they could probably also skip the part where Ming attempts to uh, drug and rape the chick Probably, he he tries to make it honorable. He agrees to marry her, and they have to. Well, no, that's 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 much later. Because the the, uh, the fucked up wedding vows were pretty entertaining to me. <laughs> when they're like, "Do you agree to do whatever you want with her and not dispose of her until you have grown bored of her?" And he's like, "Yes, I agree to those things." Yeah, what is it? He's like, and that you will not simply throw her into space. And he's like, looks at him angrily, and he's like, until you're bored. And he's like, ah, yes, yes, that's fine. Yeah, it's pretty entertaining. I mean, I'm, I, I can see how someone might be offended by it, but well, it's probably not the target audience for this movie if you're bothered by that. I mean, he's supposed to be evil, so. Solid point. But yeah, but drugging the drugging and the rapings probably probably skip the drugging and the raping. Yeah, yeah, I think you'd you'd really have to scale back a lot of the sexual content of the film if you were making it today. You end up with a hashtag flash two movement. Weird. Maybe maybe have uh Ming either not be flagrantly Asian or at least played by an Asian person. <laughs> It's not a terrible idea. So you're gonna have him not be Asian and still called Ming? Oh, you could. It's they're space people. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what the way around that is. To be totally honest, because if they hired an Asian and put him in that role, I think you'd be seriously accused of racism. But if you eliminated the Ming character, they'd be like, "What? You're whitewashing Flash Gordon now." So I, f- I feel like maybe you should just not bother to try. <laughs> hmm. You just find like a really white-looking dude whose name happens to be Ming, and be like, "What? It's the actor's name too, and he looks like that." His name, his name is Ming. Maybe, maybe avoid pointing out that the uh, evil space horde are called the Mongols. Yeah, yeah. Probably could also skip that a little bit. I thought it was interesting that they had the uh, the idea that Ming kept the different races of Mongols fighting each other to keep it uh, in order to keep himself in power. He basically had them all turn on each other so that none of them would kind of team up and fight him. And I thought that was pretty... It's like, that's interesting in the middle of all this. That feels like social commentary about U.S. Uh, foreign policy. 
in the 80s. Sounds about right. And uh, I thought, geez, that, what's that doing here? Because they say it right out. They're like looking into the camera like, this is the plan. This is how we do it. And you're like, oh, well, that's, that's weird. <laughs> I thought we were just watching a movie about a football player who goes into uh, space. I think the, the funny thing is out of, out of all of the weird looking into the camera moments, whenever they're first walking into the hall and they uh, walk into the big procession room, <laughs> and their response is, he's like, oh, what is that's a hell of a greeting. And he's like, oh, more like a fascist police state. And the other guy goes, oh, that's good news. Surely that, that means there's an, imp- an oppressed underclass just waiting for us to lead a revolution. Yep. Again, not very solid, subtle. Anyway, I recommend Flash Gordon. Super fun. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, if you're if you're interested in this kind of movie, this is one that you could really get and watch and enjoy. Be prepared for a, a very high, almost Batman sixty six level of cheese. Yeah, I mean, that's the best comparison. Is Batman sixty six. And cheese is so hard to pull off, so I do commend anybody who's able to do it properly. All right, anything else? Squadron two, day. <laughs> Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. What did everybody watch since the last time we convened? Noah? Uh, I watched a couple things. I watched Mickey's A Christmas Carol, as as is tradition. Still good, after all these years. And it's short enough that uh, even if you have an autistic child in the house, it's short enough that they can watch it and not get all angry that you're not watching the thing that they want to watch until that worked out. Yeah, I don't think I ever realized when I was younger that the, all those specials were like only half an hour long. They always yep. seemed like so much longer when I was younger. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're super short. Uh, then, of course, I was trying to catch up, so I watched uh, Joe Bob doing a Phantasm. <laughs> Which is genius. When I heard that that's what the marathon was going to be. Right. Uh, I've only watched the first one so far. Is there a reason why they skipped two? I think uh, streaming rights. Is that what it is? Because it's weird. Because he keeps saying we're doing the whole Phantasm series, and it's like, yeah, except for two. Yeah, we skipped two. Yeah, because two was the problem one for a long time. There was no big release for it, so I'm assuming that's still the problem. I mean, they've had like Blu-ray releases and stuff of it, but I think. And I know some people, some, streaming thing. some people said online that whenever he was doing Monster Vision that he did too. And so if you can find it, there's a Monster Vision episode that covers that gap. Hmm. All right. But it's delightful. I like all of his, uh, his recommendations of how drunk and or high you need to be <laughs> for different phases of Phantasm. It's really fucking it's a real good. And as always, Phantasm's fucking awesome. It just is. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of the people that likes the whole series. Do you guys like the whole series or no? Uh, 
I remember really liking the third one. Yeah. yeah. Third third child. Yeah. And then I remember four being really weird. Correct. And then five is five is just crazy. But as I always say, it makes about as much sense as the rest of the series, so it's fine. Yeah, and they were they were trying to close out a film series that justifiably has no rational way to close out. So I think it was about as good as it could have been. Yeah, probably. But I'm excited to watch the rest of them. You know, it's Joe Bob. Joe Bob's awesome. Uh, and then I watched uh, Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. Also, which also is tradition. Still yeah. good. I, I'm pretty sure it, it's the best Christmas horror movie. It, it just... It really belongs in a discussion of the best horror movie of the seventies. I could, yeah, I could see that. Like when people talk about like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Exorcist and Jaws, like I think this movie belongs in that discussion. It's that good. Yeah, it's it's tops. It's really, it's just fucking it's so good. It's hard to talk about it because it's so good. Because you can't really dissect it or anything. It's just, it's just good. Every second of that movie is good. Yeah. Yeah, they really they nail the atmosphere perfectly. The kills are good. They're it's pre eighties, so the kills aren't particularly gory, but they're really good kills. I think um, I love just just the creepy, weird idea that the first girl who's killed is like in the attic the whole movie, and she's still there at the end. Like nothing happens <laughs> with that, and the whole like everything that goes on like nothing's resolved, which I think is like you know like obviously. Halloween was famous for doing that four years later, but like that killer is just still just hanging out there at the end. Like, and it's, I love that idea. I love the idea that the story has no ending to it. Like, you know, those characters who we leave alive at the end of this, they're, they're not alive by now. I, I like that. And I like some of the ambiguity in the movie too. Like there's the other girl that goes missing who's not associated with the rest of the story. And it's like, well, did this guy get her or not? Like, is that just a coincidence that that happened? We're never, it's never explained. Like we don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that that's great. I think they do a pretty good job of the, with the mislead as far as trying to like get people thinking, okay, it must be this guy who did, who's doing the killing. When, like, as an audience, if you're paying close attention, it's pretty obvious that it's not him, but mm -hmm. I think they do a good job with it so that if you're just kind of casually watching the movie, you might think it is, and you can understand how the characters in the movie would think it was Yeah, him. I like how the police think they got it all wrapped up at the end, and then yeah. they leave, and you're like, no. Some more bad shit's about to go down. Yeah, because that last shot of, like, just the house with the body still in the window, and then that phone starts ringing again, and you're just like, yeah, they're all fucked. They're <laughs> all fucked. Because now the cops are leaving, and it, again, that's it's one of those movies, too, that time and place, where it's, like, in the 70s, those cops couldn't like they had to, they would have had to have gone back to the station, turn around, and come back to help you. You can't mm -hmm. like text them and have them turn around, right? So th there's going to be at least there's going to be a significant time gap before anyone was there to help those remaining characters, and it was just like, yeah, I'm I'm so down with that. I love that movie. Mm -hmm. The only flaw in the whole movie is the fact that they try to pretend they're not in Canada and they fail miserably <laughs> pretending they're not in Canada. <laughs> We're not in Canada, eh? 
<laughs> there should be an Oscar for the editor who had to go out and pull in all the A's and just pull those all out of the movie because the one scene where they're like, because there's one scene early on where it's like, uh, where where Lois Lane is at, is at the police station and she's got a beer and that's the joke and she's holding like a Canadian beer and as I was watching it this year I'm like oh yeah right she's holding the Canadian beer like they filmed it in Canada ha <laughs> I picked up on that but American audiences will never notice that and then when they go to get uh, Chrissy's boyfriend first of all they go pick him up at hockey practice to see <laughs> and then he comes storming into that police station like yeah. I know that girl. I've been two in a row, eh? And you're like, holy shit. Could you be any more Canadian? <laughs> like, like, if you're trying to pretend you're not Canada, just don't hire Art Hindle. It's not going to work. But, whatever. Yeah. So, also, it's a big recommend, I guess. If, you, if you're listening to this show and you haven't watched Black Christmas, I'd find that odd. Yeah. And yeah. don't watch Black Xmas. Oh, no, no. yeah, we're talking about 1974's Black Christmas, the only Black Christmas movie. And, you know, I do think that there might be a certain amount of people who have seen it, but maybe haven't seen it recently and who don't rewatch it every year. And I think you should definitely rewatch it every Christmas. Mm-hmm. I stayed home on Christmas Eve and watched it this year. And it was perfect. It was like nine in the morning on Christmas Eve. I was like, that's ideal. I'm going to watch that. Yeah, it's usually. I was gonna say that's usually what I do. I usually watch Black Christmas like right whenever I get up Christmas morning, because nobody else is out of bed yet, and I can watch a horror movie and not be bothered. I used to watch it in bed every every uh, year on Christmas Day when everything was done and settled. I'd lay down in bed and watch it, and then when my girlfriend moved in, I'm not allowed to do that anymore because she can't fall asleep with the scary music playing. So <laughs> I have to find my own time to watch it. Indeed. Uh, and then, uh, as also is tradition, I watched Jingle All the Way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Ar- arguably, I will say it. It's one of the best Christmas movies ever made. I don't care what anybody says. Like, it is It is up there with Home Alone. It's pretty close. Not, not as, It's not a quality film like Home Alone is, but it's just fun to watch. Film. Never seen it. Really? Mm-hmm. See, I thought that was one that like everybody had seen at some point. I mean, it's yeah. it's Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> fighting over a, a child's toy. Mm. Good, it's good stuff. So, do you follow that up with Jingle All the Way Two? Nope. Who's Who's in Jingle All the Way Two? I don't believe I've seen that one. Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, awesome! Yeah, perfect. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Uh, and I also watched Home Alone because the lady wanted to watch Home Alone. Still good. Cully Culkin. Yeah. Have you seen the the clips online where people have edited gore into Home Alone? It's pretty fantastic. Like he throws like a brick at them and it hits the guy. And you just see blood splatter everywhere, and then you see Daniel Stern laying on there. They've edited his face, so it's all. Yeah, like, like you see bones sticking out. Yeah, yeah, it, it's great. And there's like several where it's like clearly he's killed one of these guys, and you're like, yeah, that that's what would happen. I agree with that. Uh, and I think that's it. I think that's all my watchings. Hmm. What about you, Doug? Uh, yeah, pretty typical Christmas stuff. All the Christmas vacation. Um, 
I kind of had Home Alone on and a couple others while I was rapping and things like that, so I wouldn't say I watched them, but they they happened in my house. Um, and then, yeah, the big one was Black Christmas for me. That's the one where I sat down and watched it. And then uh, I rewatched Infinity War because Netflix said I had to. They emailed me and were like, Infinity War is on Netflix, and I'm like, fine, fuck. And I sat down and just watched it. Hey, hey, hey Doug. Watch it, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know any. I didn't know my, a way around that. I'm just like, well, I don't. Because when I went in, it wasn't even one of the movies that Netflix recommended me. They just sent me the email, like, you know, you're gonna find it now that it's available. So just, just go watch it. All right. <laughs> All I can imagine is Doug idly doing something. You know, he's like putting out Christmas presents or whatever he's doing on Christmas morning, and you just see on the TV it's Thanos's face. And every time he goes out of the shot and comes back in, it's just zoomed in further and further and further. <laughs> the point that it's just Thanos' eyes staring out of the TV and Doug. <laughs> it's basically, they were like, you want to be left in kind of a dark mood today? You should watch Infinity War. Yeah, I will say that the like the Spider-Man death scene still gets to me. Like All the stuff uh, in it really holds up. And sometimes these like big budgety movies don't later on hold up. This one really did. Like, if, if you liked it, you'll still like it. Um, you know, again, it is the culmination of a lot of other movies. So I, I really noticed because it because I hadn't watched anything in the MCU in a while. I'm like, oh, it, you really need to know who everyone of this movie is going in. Like, <laughs> this cannot be your first superhero movie. Um, but I'd, that doesn't affect me because I've seen all of the other movies. So yeah. yeah, it's it's great. It's got me all excited for Endgame, and now I got like months to wait. So <laughs> man, next year's fucking jam packed with superhero stuff. I want to see. Mm-hmm. Noah, did you get a chance to watch Deadpool? Uh, once upon a Deadpool. Yes, yeah. I did. How was it? It's delightful. <laughs> Or that's, I really wanted to see I that. To see it, so. I, I feel like it is as close to trolling an audience as you can get without making people angry. <laughs> because essentially what they did is they were like, oh, you want this to be PG-13? Let's show you what kind of a joke it means to make something PG-13. So all of the violence in the movie is still the exact same violence. They just took out the CGI blood. That's it. And then, like, the swearing, they took out not not even all the swearing, just, you know, enough of the swearing to make it PG-13. And then almost a, one of the jokes they make in the movie is, like, Deadpool's got, like, a little sensor button where he can bleep himself out mm-hmm. if he needs to. And he gets uh, Fred Savage to talk about how much he wants to fight Matt Damon. And of course he starts c- censoring it. So it sounds like Fred Savage is saying he wants to fuck Matt Damon. <laughs> because, you know, I'd go over to his house and then I, you know, I'd just like fuck him on the lawn. I'd you know, just fuck him in front of his whole family. You know? <laughs> mm. In, in which that joke is a solid like two and a half minutes long of them just making fuck jokes essentially, but because it's censored, passes the censor, you know, it passes the board, so it's still PG thirteen. So 
you brought your kids to the theater. Congratulations. That's hilarious, actually. Makes me yeah. want to see it more now. It's good. I would actually like to see a super cut of just the normal rated R with the Fred Savage stuff added in, because all the Fred Savage stuff really is fucking funny. Uh, well, that'll be another purchase when it comes out. Video. Yeah, I'm glad I haven't bought two yet, because I'm assuming they'll come out with a double pack. That's a good idea. I hope they do do that. Yeah, and I already bought two. Son of a bitch. Fuck you, Fox and Disney with your double dipping. I still need to go see the Aquamans, though. None yet. Yeah. Yeah, not doing it. It's DC. It's hard for me to get revved up. Yeah, that's why I don't even bother with theater anymore with them. Well, my big thing, too, is like there's. I haven't seen the Spider Verse movie yet. I do want to see the new Clint Eastwood movie. I kind of want to see that Vice movie just to see how Christian Bale can act. Uh, like, just, just be amazing at everything. Yeah. Son of a bitch. So it's like with all that just floating out there, it's like the idea that I'm going to pay to see a DC movie is no. Maybe if it comes on Netflix, it's supposed to be way better than all the other ones. But I don't know. Again, I, I'm still. If Wonder Woman is the best yet, meh to that whole universe. Like, yeah, I have I have no interest. I don't know. Yeah. Shazam's got his claws in me. I'm gonna go see that. I'm excited by the trailer for that one, but we'll see. It looked funny, and if it was just if it wasn't connected to everything else, I think I'd be. Well, I think technically they said it's not. Yeah. There you go. That might do it for me. Because I was thinking they said they intentionally disconnected it because they were worried that. Shazam's corniness was going to drag down their fucking Oscar-winning bullshit. <laughs> and so, that might have actually saved Shazam. Yeah. I mean, at least it looks like Zack Snyder didn't spray fucking diarrhea filter all over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I remember when uh, they announced Zachary Levi was playing Shazam. I was just like, oh, that sounds stupid. That's not even, like, what in the world? And then I watched the trailer, and I'm like, oh, that's what they're doing. Okay, yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> right. I mean, the biggest the biggest complaint I've heard from people is, oh, look, it's got that stupid muscle suit. And it's like, yeah, but it's it's what the kid thinks a superhero looks like. So yeah. of course, have a big, stupid muscle suit. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as I saw that that's what they were doing in the trailer, I'm like, this... This all makes perfect sense, and I'm very happy. Very happy with it. So, so uh, what'd you watch, Brian? Well, Doug, you got more? No, that's basically it. Oh. All right. Well, I watched The Predator. Okay. Which uh, I enjoyed. I thought it was good. But I at least went in knowing there was a bunch of problems with it, so maybe that helped. Because... I can tell, like, towards the end of the editing, like, how they... Because they basically reshot the entire third act at some point. Okay. And apparently the changes were so major that they had to edit out Edward James almost out of the entire movie. Because he was supposed to be, like, an army general and was supposed to be throughout most of the movie. And when they redid the third act, they eliminated his character out of it, so they had to take his character out, out of the rest of the movie. And I could tell there was just, like, shit that just didn't fit. Like, there was just weird jumps and stuff. And I'm like, 
Yeah, I can kind of tell that, but at least I knew going in that that was a problem. So I could kind of just overlook it and not think too much about it. Uh, I was a little disappointed just because the entire movie is about them fighting the ultimate predator. Yeah. Which means the predator we all know and love, like, disappears after the first, like, fourth of the movie. So that kind of bummed me out. Um, But I did enjoy sort of uh, uh, the Dirty Dozen versus the Predator aspect of it. Uh, It's kind of a neat idea. Yeah. I would like to have seen that more, I guess. But uh, the the stuff we did get was was good. Um, The very end was horrible and reeks of the studio telling them they need to set up a sequel because it's pretty atrocious. But, uh, yeah, overall, if you're just looking for some Predator fun, it's worth watching. Um, How was the, like, atmosphere? Because the impression I got from the trailer was that it was going to be way too lighthearted for me. Uh, Maybe. But, I mean, most of that humor comes from, well, they're called the loonies instead of the Dirty Dozen. So most of the humor comes from them, and they purposefully sort of explain some stuff, like some of the backstories for some of the characters. It's sort of like, oh, okay, well, this guy obviously makes a lot of jokes because he did something terrible and he doesn't know how to... Uh, sort of deal with it. So he's kind of the jokey guy to sort of make him not reflect on all the horrible shit he did. Okay. That's, uh, what's his name? from Key and Peele, mainly. But, yeah. I mean, it's alright. It's definitely worth a, it's worth a watch. Um, I don't know if I would uh, say it's worth owning. Um, but I got it for like super cheap because I had a half on coupon, half off coupon, so Well, technically a half off coupon is a half on coupon as well, right? Yeah, yeah uh, So I mean, yeah, I'm not disappointed that I bought it because it's got a bunch of extras and stuff, which is which is kind of cool because they have one of the features one special features is just a 10 minute recap of the entire Predator series Oh, really? So they literally cut up like the first movie into like four minutes and it's i mean there's no like narration or anything it's literally they just cut up the movie and and then just show it like here's what happened to the first part of there so you'll see like the helicopter land arm schwarzenegger walks out then you see him with carl weathers going dylan you son of a bitch and then cut to them like, like do it do it now yeah, and they cut to them like in the in the jungle, and then just you know, just like a super quick cut of what happened in the first predator, and then they go on to the second predator, and then they do predators. They do ignore all the alien versus predator movies, which is for the best. Because really. movies don't exist. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean it's fun, but like it definitely. I will say, uh, one of the big problems I had with it. Uh, Olivia Munn is terrible in this movie. And I don't hate her normally. Like, 
I'm not one of those people that's just like, oh, fucking Olivia Munn's terrible in general. Like, she's fine. And she's not stuff. a very good actress. Yeah, I mean, she's usually fine for whatever she's in. She wasn't that great in X-Men either, but... Um, but this, I'm like, she's terrible. Like, I don't understand Shane Black's, like... Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna cast her in this movie as a scientist because I'm just like she's not she's not good. I don't I don't know why you put her in this movie. But otherwise, everybody else is fine. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. You might like it. You might not. I wouldn't be surprised either way. I like was, I was, you won't like it, but I'll watch it and then. Yeah. It's like you pretty much know you're not going to like it going in, but then when you come out, you're like, yeah, that's about what I expected, and then you're fine with it. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm anticipating. Yeah. Um, oh, come on. Uh, so after that, like immediately after that, the same night, I watched Sci- Skyscraper. Okay. <laughs> I remember going to the theater and seeing this trailer. Like me and Westwood saw something... And Wes turns to me after the trailer, and he's like, that's just Die Hard. To which then I said, yeah, but it's Die Hard with The Rock. He didn't seem as enthusiastic about it as I was. But um, So weirdly enough, do you remember when we talked about Commando? And we had talked about that they wrote a Commando sequel that eventually got turned into Die Hard? I feel like this is almost more like that Commando sequel than it is Die Hard. Because uh, the Commando sequel was supposed to be him like setting up this building security system and hiring all these uh, security people, and then some shit happens, so then he has to uh, sort of break into the, own, to the building that he set up all the security for. Well, that's almost somewhat like what this movie is. Like, if you mix that with the Towering Inferno, you pretty much get this movie. So... The Rock is like a security consultant. Um, he's trying to get this big like uh, contract or whatever. So he goes in and basically goes over because they're opening this building that they call the Pearl. That is, I'm trying to remember where it was. It's Beijing. I don't even know. Um, but it's going to be the tallest building in the world, and it's supposed to be like state of the art. So he goes in and consults about all the security settings and safety and all that stuff. And he gives them like a passing, like, yeah, you've done everything right, done everything good. Um, And, you know, they're going to start working together or whatever on other stuff. Um, And, of course, while this is happening, his family, they're like staying in the building. So they're essentially like renting out one of the, the apartments in the building while he's consulting with them or whatever. Uh, and then, of course, some people want to set this up to fail and are trying to to uh, extort money out of them and stuff like that. So they essentially blow up like the 96th floor. And the idea is like, oh, well, everybody up a, up a certain level will be fine and everybody below will be fine because all the security measures will, will uh, make sure the fire doesn't spread throughout the building. But, of course, someone's hacked into the stuff and shut all those things off. And the rock is out of the building at that point. 
So he literally has to fight his way to get into the building and then fight terrorists once he gets in the building. So it's just The Rock being The Rock, doing awesome shit. And I was totally happy with it. Um, let's see, after that, I watched Red Sparrow, the Jennifer Lawrence movie. How's that? Uh, it's not bad, but it is really long. Really? Like, like, um, like two hours and 20 minutes, I want to say. And it uh, does not need to be two hours and 20 minutes. But it's not horrible. I mean, it's just like a spy movie. She ends up getting pushed into sort of becoming a female spy. And they use all these attractive people to try to get... Um, like high-level government people to give up their secrets. So, you know, they'll try to find them at bars or hotel bars and stuff like that, and then basically just try to get them drunk and horny so they can steal all their secrets and give them to whoever, you know, their boss is or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's decent. It's just, man, two hours and 20 minutes. Like, you could cut an hour out of this movie pretty easily and be perfectly fine with it. Supposedly it's based on a book. It was written by a real guy from the CIA. But That's interesting. Yeah. It looks it looked pretty good and then I was just kinda like I don't know. If you yeah. actually sit down and watch it. Yeah, it's like I said, it's not terrible. Um I enjoyed it. Did you ever see Atomic Blonde? Yeah. I enjoyed it more than Atomic Blonde. I was kinda disappointed with Atomic Blonde. Yeah, so was I actually at the time. I I found it to be just a. Hmm. It thought it was clever and it wasn't, and <laughs> that's a real problem. Yeah, so this is like Atomic Blonde, but more thriller spy stuff and less John Wick actiony. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like I said; it's not terrible. It's just long. It's like you don't need to be this long. Uh, then the last thing, <clears throat> even though I'm a Coen Brothers fan, I've never seen Blood Symbol before. Okay. And I was trying to think of a movie to watch. And I was like, well, I could watch Flash Gordon, but yeah, fuck that. Uh, so I checked out uh, Blood Simple. Um, yeah, which I enjoyed. I thought it was really good. That's a really good movie. It's uh, it's uh, all the twists and turns and just weird shit happening is always super interesting to me whenever I watch that. I can never remember what's going to happen, <laughs> even though I've seen the movie several times. Which is yeah. a compliment to the film. Yeah, it's definitely definitely one of those when it was over. I was like, huh. Okay, so basically they've done this twisty turny stuff ever since the very beginning. Yeah, I, I see day that. one. Pretty much. Yeah, but yeah, I enjoyed it. That was good. M.M. at Walsh was fantastic in it. Uh, the dad from Clueless that I can never remember his name. Yeah. He was good in it. The Francis McDormand was good. The guy who plays her boyfriend was a little iffy, but he still wasn't terrible. Yeah, it's good. If you've never seen uh, Blood Simple, to recommend for me. <sighs> if you're a Coen Brothers fan, Blood Simple is like a really good example of like them just getting started out. And yeah. you're just like, oh, look, they were doing this. Like, it is very. Like, if you if you've seen other stuff, you're like, okay, it's just kind of the same thing, but it's done really well, and it's 
very mm -hmm. early example. So. Yeah, you can watch that and then imagine in your head, like, someone was like, oh, if we give them, like, actual money, they can construct, a, like, an amazing movie. Not that this one was bad, but you could tell they had some budget constraints. So yeah. if you didn't have budget constraints, well, then you see all the awesome stuff they've made. So Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right, so next week we're actually going to be celebrating King's birthday. By King, I mean Elvis Presley, of course. The one and only King. Of course. <laughs> so we're going to be celebrating the entire life of Elvis. His birthday is January 8th, I want to say. You looked this up on last week's show, didn't you? I did. Yes, yeah, January 8th. Uh, so we're going to be reviewing his entire life, starting with the John Carpenter-directed TV movie Elvis, starring one Kurt Russell as Elvis Presley. And then we're going to go follow that up with the true account of the time that Elvis fought a mummy in a retirement home with a black guy who thinks he's John F. Kennedy, and that is Bubba Hotep. Because if we're going to talk about Elvis, you got to talk about his entire life, not just the stuff that... The no. media feed you. No, yeah, definitely you want to discuss how long Elvis was alive after the official narrative came to an end. So. Exactly. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. Have you guys uh, figured out a way to watch this yet? Or are we going to be changing our theme halfway through the week? <laughs> I, I own Boba Hotep. That'll be easy. Yeah. I haven't figured out Elvis yet. So maybe it'll just be me talking about Elvis next week. And then, then to you two talking about Bubba Hotep. Worst case scenario, I think I know a guy that owns it that I can probably... I actually oh, really? don't own either of them, so I might have to go on a hunt. Just, just go buy Bubba Hotep. If you have, have you, I'm assuming you've seen it and like it, so just buy yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Let's say Scream Factory put out a very good Blu-ray. Of course. Yeah. You're, just, you're so excited to finally get that in. You're like, oh, yeah. I haven't said anything about oh. Screen Factory's Blu-rays all show. No, no. It's killing me. Oh, I was about to have a migraine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've never I well, I'm gonna say I've never seen the the John Carpenter Elvis movie. But I think I may have watched it when it was on TV because my mom was a big Elvis fan. So I may have seen part of it. But I mean I was Four. So I believe I've seen clips of Kurt Russell as Elvis that are, must be from this. But. Yeah. So we'll I mean, see. It seems like perfect casting. It seems like the second best person you can get to play Elvis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Kurt Russell. You put Kurt Russell and John Carpenter together, I'll pretty much watch anything. So. Yeah. Although apparently not this until we make you for a podcast. Well, I was—I've been saving it. Like I bought it on Blu-ray, of okay. course, from our good friends. At, well, technically, this one's from Shout Factory, <laughs> uh, and I knew we were gonna do it for the show. So I'm like, well, I'll hold off watching it until then. That's funny. Uh, so we can do if you can't find it, Noah. Yeah, I'll figure it out. <laughs> That's what I Should said. Be Yep. We're going to have a, a, a month set up later 
for all the punishments for people who don't watch the movies. <laughs> Couple screen movies for Noah, spider movies for me. But wait and see what I miss. I think my punishments are just letting Noah pick the movies. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll make uh we'll make Doug watch Blowout again. If Doug ever misses one, we're going to watch Ghoulies go to college twice. Fuck that noise. I'll quit the podcast. <laughs> I'll quit the podcast before I watch that movie again. <sighs> I'm upset. Thanks very much. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. We're going to cut it off where Doug says he's upset. That's the perfect way to end this episode. That's how we started. That's how we ended. <laughs> uh, so, how was your kid for Christmas? Oh, uh, he's he was great. He yeah. was just, he's like the right at that age where he's super excited. He like failed a couple of times and started opening gifts that weren't his because he was just too excited. He'd get to hand the gift to somebody else that's already ripped and be like, ah. Uh, Little guy couldn't couldn't not open this. Sorry, <laughs> he was really sweet. Yeah. First, he like he came down and like it's the first the first year he can understand Santa. And I'm like, look over there, buddy. And he's like, oh, where'd all those presents come from? I'm like, Santa. And he's like, that's awesome. And he gets two and he brings me one. He's like, this will be for you, Dad. And he hands me one, sits down, and <laughs> one beside me. I'm like, I don't want this toy toaster. But um, that's a really sweet thought. I just don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. Oh, so your kid's better than I would have been at that age. Yeah. I would have been like, it's all for me. Most of the kids that age, it's they just run and they just start ripping everything open and they want to keep it all for themselves. And he just... He, he got like that a little later on like when he got excited. But he was... It was, it was ideal. Although Christmas is just way too much for me right now. It's like, so we have the whole thing here, and then I got, we got to go to both families. And it's like, I just can't. Oh. It's too much. See, we've uh, we've parted down that we do Thanksgiving at Amanda's mom's house. Because there's no like, children or anything we have to accommodate. Yeah. And then we just do Christmas at my mom's house to make it easier. Yeah. We keep, every year we say we're going to do something different. Problem is got both families kind of expect us there like andrea's parents actually want us to go like christmas eve christmas day and boxing day and like, we're not, there's no chance of us doing all three yeah. uh, so now like currently we're down to we go to her like her grandparents house on christmas day for dinner and then on boxing day as long as it doesn't conflict with the hockey game i like to watch we go to her parents house but i've just told them i'm like i doesn't matter how many years this tradition goes on, the the hockey thing started earlier. So it's a real nail nail biter of a game most years too. Like this year, it was Team, team Canada versus Team Denmark, so it was real tight to see who was going to win that one. So, <laughs> how's Christmas at your house now? Uh, it was pretty uneventful. Yeah. Good. I mean, my parents moved to Florida this year. Yeah. So. I didn't get to see them. So we went over to the lady friend's parents' house. That was nice. They got us a Roomba. So it's kinda yeah. cool. I think I'm sure. gives us a Roomba. I am sure the animals are gonna fucking like that. 
I will say that is the one thing is like it's been a few years now. Like I haven't gotten any gifts that were just like, oh, awesome! Like I'm so glad I got that. It's always just like like here's like a little bit of money that you can use to pay off the credit card bill you have for buying other <laughs> gifts. And like I needed like a new Blu-ray player because mine no longer wanted to connect to the internet for reasons that I can't understand. Somebody got me one. I'm like, that's great. But like, I have enough money to go buy myself a new Blu-ray player if I need one. It's like, I was hoping for something a little more surprising and enjoyable, and it just doesn't really happen anymore, I guess. Yeah, my mom buys me all kinds of pointless shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't really need that. I don't really. She's like, she got me some socks. I'm like, okay, well, I won't wear these. That's fine. She got me like some cologne and stuff. I'm like, well, I don't wear cologne, so that's that's awesome. Yep. And then my brother gets like a Bluetooth like record player. And I'm like, oh, I would have taken a Bluetooth record player. What's the fuck? Cool. Yeah. <sighs> As yeah, I said, fucking parents just don't understand. I'm poor, so usually everything they get me is awesome. That's all it takes. Yeah. I mean, I am appreciative that people give you something. And I just, I don't mean to come across as unappreciative. It's just. Oh, I do, because my mom gives me terrible gifts. Well, I had to, like, because on, like, the 23rd, like, we were, we had planned to get my grandmother, because she's, like, 92 and still lives on her own. So mm-hmm. we were going to hire, like, a cleaning service. Oh, that's um, awesome. Like, just going 92 to and, like, doesn't live, like, in a retirement home or anything? No, she lives on her own and she has no like she gets help doing anything that involves leaving the house because she doesn't drive anymore and stuff like that but she still cooks all her own meals and everything does her own laundry so we were going to get but her house is just dirty because she just can't clean properly yeah and so we were going to get it cleaned and then like last minute that fell apart which pissed me off to no end because i had nothing else like i was just gonna be like like i like when i sat down with my mom to have the conversation i thought it was like okay so do we want to write it in a card or do you want to explain it to her do you want me to explain it to her and it was kind of like well we're not gonna do that it's like oh well then i've already been to the mall on the 23rd of december and i guess i'm going back <laughs> to try to find something for my grandmother because i'd already been there that morning because it was like a, my kid was sick and that was the only clinic open on a sunday was in the mall. Ooh, doesn't sound fun. No. Like going to the mall on the 23rd of December with a sick toddler, only to get there and find out I had screwed up some paperwork, so we actually had to pay to see a doctor like fucking peasant Americans. I was like super frustrated. Uh, yeah, now you know what it's like to be an American. Yeah. I mean, not exactly, because it, like, it was 40 bucks to see the doctor to get some prescriptions, which the prescriptions were then free. And then I had to go in the next day to get the health card updated, which took about 10 minutes and cost nothing. And now I got to go back to that mall to get my 40 bucks back that it cost to see the doctor. They'll still give that back to me now that I have an updated health card. So. You son of a bitch. But I was like, the thing is, like, as I was like, because I, I tried going back to the mall actually Christmas Eve, first thing in the morning, because I thought, like, I can just slip in, hit the clinic, and get out. And the clinic was closed that day which is fair enough, I guess. But as I was like thinking, I was like, I was all frustrated on my drive home thinking like, I should fucking, this should be online. I shouldn't have to fucking go into the mall to get my $40. I'm thinking, wow, that's, that's the whitest of white people problems I've got right there. I should probably not be complaining right now. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.
And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.